This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. We're continuing the show here. It's Kelly and Ramia. Grant Hardy and myself, Ramia Amadin, are hosting the show today. And once a month, we like to get to what we call collections and hobbies. And hopefully it's the second Tuesday of the month because that's when we usually have this. And today, we're checking in with our friend. Uh, He's also the visual producer on Now with Dave Brown, Bruce McClary. And he's here, I think, for the first time, Bruce. I am. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's nice to have you on. And usually it's collections. Sometimes we feature hobbies. I think this falls under both because you have some bikes uh, that you revamp, repair. How how do you how do you categorize what you do? I tinker. I don't know. Tinker? I uh, <laughs> I yeah, restore. I like to believe. Uh, yeah. From top to bottom, I build from scratch. Um, you know, it depends upon the, the quality of the, the ride I'm looking for mm. and uh, the space I have and how many bikes my wife allows me to have. So I was going to say, <laughs> but you do consider this a collection, right? You have five bikes. I have five. So far. My wife has two. That's seven, and my kid has one. So eight in the house. But yeah, my own are five. Okay. Um, I have a steel bike that, uh, that, that has a bit of history. Uh, it was built for someone I know in 1969 in in France. It's a blue, beautiful bike, which happens to be right behind me. Um, uh, this bike was, in, you know, just given to me. Uh, it was rusty was it, and terrible. Yeah, carry wait, on. Was that the first one that you started the collection? No, I don't know. Uh, no, I have. The thing is, I've sold many as well. Ah. So it's been, you know, you know, there are a few. The ones I currently have, I'll, I don't think I'll get rid of. Mm. Um, but yeah, so the blue one that I have is potentially the one I, that has the more the most weight. I like to believe, just because, um, because it, the the value that it that it has, uh, the the writer that uh, that built it actually wrote for the to the fronts in the, in the thirties. Uh, and he eventually became a bike builder himself, and then he sold it to um, to the, to my friend, who is now retired, and gave it to me. So I restored it, I um, bought new components for it, and I made it. Uh, you know, I painted it and uh, made it rideable. So yeah, that's that's it, it has a name. It's, it's called La, La Marseillaise, like the oh. uh, French national anthem. Uh-huh. So. That's my that that's the bike, uh, and we're seeing that bike right now. Uh, it's got it's a blue metallic metallic blue. I restored the labels as well, and uh, it's got uh, yeah. I built it again from the ground up, um, and there were some bits that needed to be um, soldered and in in steel, which is the material of this bike. The term is called brazon. So I had a local professional help help me braze those bits on, but everything else I did myself. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. Go, yeah. Grant. You go with your question. I have many. I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, how do you store all these bikes? Like, do you have a, a spot in your house where you where you keep them? How do you keep them out of the way? And how do you deal with the obligatory uh, wife 
uh, bike meter where you can't have too many bikes without having to renegotiate things a little bit. So I have I have two in my studio slash bike room slash office. Um, for now, I have two in a shed in the backyard and one, which is my daily commuter in the, in the porch. So like, you know, ah. um, I have, thankfully there's a bit of room where I can store things. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cause I do have another one in the books that I want to build, uh, a bit more modern, uh, a blend of steel and carbon. That's what I want to do. Um, so that one, I don't know. I haven't, I mean, Katie's my wife, pardon. Uh, it's, it's sort of, uh, not too keen on uh, having too many more bikes in the house because it's getting a little. You got to get rid of so one to get another one in. Maybe well, I just don't want to. They they they, they belong. There's too much. Um, I was gonna say you just have to kind of sneak one or two in here <laughs> and there. You know, what's the difference between five and six? It's I know. It's just, just I, it's the same thing, but might as well. Uh, might as well just do that. Uh, but I know it, it'll come up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, can't put a fast one on Katie, but here's, <laughs> here's my question. Do you restore other things or is it bikes that have really like honed in this hobby for you? No, I think it's just bikes. I mean, and to be honest with you, I, I learned that the reason why I got into this was because I was tired of being, uh, bossed around by the local bike mechanics. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Because okay. if you bring a bike, a bicycle to a to a to a local shop, um, I don't know why everybody's pretty rude and everybody just tells you off. And I was like, I'm done with this. I'm buying parts and equipment, and I'm doing this. And slowly but surely, now I have an empire of bikes, okay. and I do this for dear friends, for my wife, for uh, family and friends. So you know, if you're nice to me, I'll fix your bike. There mm. you go. Mm. I kind of see how it would get a little bit closer to uh, car mechanics where there's first this accusatory tone, like how could you have gotten your bike into this state, whatever. And then there's also <laughs> this like, oh, like the needs a minor, you know, repair for the handlebar. We are going to have to re replace all these other parts too. It's going to be $800 for this. But that's just it. And then not only do I save, I mean, I don't know if I'm really saving money, um, because I spend a lot of money on bikes. Right. But I mean, at the same time, it gives me uh, the control I want when, you know, in terms of time, when I need them by, like, and also the quality of ride I'm looking for. Like now I know, I, I, I learned how to build bikes and I bought uh, a carbon bike, which is, you know, high in material. And I was able to, to get basically this bike for half the price that you would pay for other stuff. And uh, again, I built it myself. It's an Italian beautiful bike that it would cost a fortune. And I got it basically for half price because I knew how to build it. So, mm. Oh, that's you know, great. It, it, it gives me that option. Do you have a most sentimental bike that either because you worked on or because of the way it was given to you? I do. And I don't have, I didn't provide images for this one. Um, but also, it's my mom's uh, bike. She rode it in the seventies, um, and she uh, passed away. And you know, I, 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 she brought it to Colombia, which is the country I was raised, uh, and, and and I brought it back. So I, you know, I have it somewhere in the back. Um, I do have another beautiful yellow bike that is very sentimental because a dear friend also gave gave me. Uh, that one was also, again, needed to be restored. Uh, it was just beat up and. 
rusty. So <laughs> I don't know. I find this therapeutic. So I, you know, sanded it to to the bare metal, um, apply some primer, some coats of uh, metallic paint, and a lot of sanding. The trick to this is a lot of sanding after. And then, um, you know, put parts and, and made it writable. And it's yeah. just... It's cool, you know. It allows me to go anywhere in the city with a different quality of rides, and they feel great. You, you, you seem to really know what you're doing. You put this here. You solder this. Whatever. How how did you like figure this out? Get so good at it, or how do you just prepare to repair a bike? Do you watch like YouTube? Ask friends. Just figure it out. What What's your secret? Um. YouTube is definitely a source. I recommend mm. people that are interested in doing this uh, to, you know, do some YouTube. Of course, some internet forums. Uh, and also just honestly going to a bike shop and asking things. Yeah. Uh, and mechanics, Pretend if you're humble enough, <laughs> they could tell you <laughs> a bit of uh, <laughs> secrets. Um, some of them. But uh, yeah. Those three sources, I like to believe. But yeah, YouTube is the way to go. Number one. Yeah, Did you I, ever... Sorry, go ahead. I was just curious if you ever royally screwed up something <laughs> that you were trying to restore and then had to get assistance or start yep. over. Big time. Uh, <laughs> a dear friend brought his bike and, and he mentioned he had a, a chain problem. And I said to him, no problem. Come over. <gasps> Let's have oh, a beer. No. Let's do this. And I couldn't put it. I couldn't put it back together. Oh, like no. in terms of tension, and I was like, "Oh man!" And he needed a bike, so I Oopsie. gave him. I loaned him one bike. I had to keep it for like two nights until I figured out the problem. Um, it was pretty embarrassing, but whatever. That's how you learn. <laughs> you right? live, you learn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you have friends yeah. though? Like your friends give you bikes to repair, but do you have friends who also take part in restoring bikes the way you do that you can kind of lean on? Or are those the mechanics at the shop? I guess acquaintances, yeah. The the mechanics, they're I I kind of look up to them because they do have a significant more experience than I than I do. Um, but they're like, I think just like many things, like the more they know, the more cranky they become. So it's <laughs> um it's true. Uh, so when you, I like to try to blend old and new in terms of componentry and components and geometries. Um, and the folks that know a lot just kind of try to stay stuck, stuck in the past. It's like, no, no, this is the way to go. So, um, you know, I kind of, you know, I take some of their advice. Uh, I appreciate it. And I just kind of do my own thing. I think that's the way to go. Do you do you have tips on how to flatter a mechanic enough so that they share <laughs> some of their secrets? I I can imagine how I might do it, but just curious from someone who's actually done it. I mean, you gotta know what they are into in terms of uh, coffee taste or dinner? quality of ride. No, well, no. I mean, everybody likes beer, so I mean, you know, sure. It's if you give them a six pack, they'll be happy but if you let oh, if you're fine. humble enough to 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 ask a question uh like try to like basically show that you're an enthusiast and then you want to learn more and uh appreciate what they do they are kind of nice um i feel that that's a way of kind of 
getting, you know, winning them over. Mm. Oh, interesting. First, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just curious because, like, nowadays, you mentioned YouTube already, but nowadays people are just all over the place self-teaching, right? And any kind of hobbies. Like, I could just decide today that I want to do this thing and not necessarily have to do much more than go on the internet to figure it out and then go and get all the parts or tools that I need. Um, do you go on forums? Like, do you take part in the online life of being part of the bike restoring community? Uh, sure. Yes, there are definitely a bunch of forums, but at the same time, just like in many things on the internet, there are internet warriors, like mm. keyword warriors, as they call them. That you know, sometimes it's hard to determine what's the right thing, so you do have to find some of the information in in a few websites, few forums, to really know what it is that could work best for me. Mm. Um, like like specific part and specific type and whether it's a good idea to upgrade to a modern system or not based on the bike uh for example right now the current trend is bicycles with uh, a cassette which is the the sprocket at the back that allows you to run multiple speeds and you know the current trend is that you have 12 speeds but do you really need 12 speeds <laughs> 11 9 whatever i mean it's really your your comfort level how much money you have to spend and uh, what you want to do with it so yeah huh. and i just always find it interesting how you look up a diy or video on youtube it's like here's how to repair this first you just grip this like that then you just turn your screwdriver this way you do one little thing and boom you're done and i'm like okay trying this in the real world like this doesn't seem to be as easy or working the way that they're telling me it's supposed to work I mean, it, it really depends. Uh, some, I, when you look at the intricacies of some of the technology, you do find that uh, you admire the te- the engineering behind things. <laughs> and like in bikes, like the blue one that I fixed, um, seeing the like taking the old bits out and putting the new ones in, you really appreciate what it like sixty years of technology evolution. Mm. Um, I don't know. I feel that uh, there are uh, many ways to uh, put these things together and make everybody (laughs) happy and learn at the same time. Do you have any uh, opinions on e-bikes and hybrids? Is that just Um, sacrilege? I I think they're game. No, no. Whatever keeps you moving, uh, it's cool. Um, I feel that e-bikes, I don't know. I'm for now young and able uh maybe in the future i will not be and i feel Mm. an e-bike is something that could help me out get out and it's not just about the physical element it's about the freedom that a bicycle can give you so i feel that an e-bike can potentially provide that to me and as a matter of fact uh, my wife and i are buying another bike Mm. (laughs) but that's different because that's for like to carry the kids to the back so it's going to be a long one. Uh, they're going to buy them like pretty soon. Um, and with that, my wife can go downtown to the office, carry both kids. Um, and I could pick them up after on the same bike. Because, you know, with two kids, it gets a bit harder. Um, you know, 50 pounds in the back. It's a mm. little heavy. And in terms of stability and whatnot. But yeah, e-bikes are great. I think they're awesome. 
Um, I, I think that I welcome whoever uh, needs something like this to 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 use them for sure. But C- city like Toronto, you'd have almost more freedom on a bike than in a car. Yeah, it sounds you like can it. Move through the traffic real quick. Oh yeah, downtown for sure. Like there's no question about it. Um, finding parking, um, just getting around is so much quicker. I I never drive downtown. I would, you know, I I. I don't know if it sounds surprising, but we drive in the house. We have one car. We don't use it all the time, but we do use it because it's 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 a re, it's a tool, just like many things. We just are we just we're bike people. Mm. It's nice. No, it, it is honestly. There are so many uh, trails around the city. It's really lovely to go biking and get to places much faster than sit around in traffic. More enjoyable in the summertime as well. Bruce, thank you. This has been nice. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Bruce Baclarian is the visual producer for Now with Dave Brown uh, here on AMI, and he joined us for Collections and Hobbies, which you can catch on the second Tuesday of every month. we got a fun one lined up for you in December as well. Taking a quick break and coming back to wrap up the show with you, we will tell you what's coming up tomorrow on Now with Dave Brown. Alex Smythe is hosting this week, and uh, we've got a closing moment and some pod highlights for you. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.